there's a point in the story where Elon, the company is kind of split in two. These leaders try to remove him from the company. This is a very early story. And Doug stays with Elon. He had a choice. He could go with team A or team B and team B is Elon. And, it, and he goes with Elon. And I asked him, I said, you know, look, you had a lot on the line. You know, Elon's pretty young. He's like 27. Like, what made you want to stay? And he said, you just got the sense from Elon that he would spend his last dollar for this company to be successful. You could just see it. And he said, and that was just, that was like so, you know, motivating for somebody like me. He's like, I was young too. I didn't have a lot to lose. But this guy seemed like he would spend his last dollar to make us successful. So I think that's some of the stuff that that the you know that all this all the stuff the media stuff doesn't necessarily capture because it's hard to capture, and sure. and I think part of it is like sometimes you can only capture it twenty years after something has happened, right? <laughs> um, but I will say those are the biggest observations that I had kind of doing this process. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. And so true. I mean, having a leader who will be in the trenches with you, if I'm hearing you right, you know, and, and also cares, you know, so much. And like you said, we'll, we'll put in their blood, sweat and tears and, and money to make sure that it's successful. I mean, you know, that, that obviously is going to endear folks a lot more, um, e even if, you know, personality wise, there's some quirks or some different things that way. And so, yeah, that's, that's so good. I love your stories, Jimmy. Uh, you know, as we're kind of wrapping up, you know, what would you say are one or two things from the book? If, you know, if a lot of our listeners are folks who are leading at that C-suite level, right? They're CEOs or executives, they're business owners. What are one or two things from this book specifically, again, just to kind of highlight it here real fast is, uh, is the founders. Great book. I've, I've dove in just a bit and, and loved it so far. What are a couple of things that they could pull away that could help them become even better leaders as they hear this story, as they kind of walk through this beginning journey and, and, and you get to kind of highlight everything um, through this PayPal journey? It's a great question. And, and I think one of the things about books is, and I've learned this sort of in different ways, like readers will come to it with and draw from it their own lessons, right? So I want to be careful that I'm not putting the thumb on the scale too much. Like readers are going to find whatever story they're going to find, right? Um, and, and so, but with that disclaimer, I would say one, I would say kind of like two, two big things stand out for somebody who's running a contemporary company. One is, um, there's a real premium at, at PayPal in these early years on giving younger employees and more junior employees, a lot of rope. And I saw this again and again, like basically like, like there was, there was one person, Peter Thiel, who embodies this. He, I had, I had this experience where I would interview all these people and they all kind of said the same thing. And so then I wrote it up. Right. And the thing they said that was kind of the same is they said, I wouldn't have placed the bet on me that Peter did. They said, I was young, or I'd just been let go from a job, or I had this crazy thing happen in my life, or some chaos, whatever, oh, blah, blah, all these things. And they said, but you know, Peter took a chance on me. And because he took a chance on me, I like felt committed to really succeed and over-deliver. And I think one of the things that happens is it's really hard to do that. I mean, it's like, I'm not good at that, right? But because it, it, it requires a huge amount of trust. It requires a huge amount of like the ability to even take a risk with something. And I think to the extent that somebody in the C-suite can give somebody that's clearly motivated a little bit more rope or give someone a second chance, like I think that's what that story reveals. And I'll tell you, the people that I interviewed were some of the people that like were most are you know most successful in Silicon Valley today. So these are people who their that that quote unquote chance like led to everything. And but I still think somebody had to be there to to give them that opportunity. 
So I would say that's kind of one thing is like, don't discount the potential of people who maybe are a little bit rough around the edges, because that's one of the great secrets. You know, that's one of the great sort of reasons why this company was successful is you had all these people that were a little bit, a little bit, some of them were misfits, oddballs, and they all had a lot of rope. That's one. The second is, you know, the thing, the, the, the tempo of product development and of creating things and of doing work at this company was lightning fast. It's one of the things that I think we, we really underestimate is just how fast startups have to move because they're competing against incumbents, right? And so these incumbents have like all kinds of advantages. And I, and I had this, this amazing moment. So one of the things I did is I didn't just try to interview people at the very top. I also interviewed like customer service agents, right? So like there are hundreds of these people and I would just find them, email them, see if they'd talk to me. And one of the customer service agents shared a story with me. She said, you know, one of the things that we noticed, they were in Omaha, Nebraska. She said, one of the things that we noticed is that if we had a problem and we let Palo Alto, she calls it Palo Alto, like the mothership, the headquarters. If we let headquarters in Palo Alto know, they would basically like stay up all night and fix whatever was broken. And that happened. She's like, that happened so often. Like we would call them at like six o'clock at night and we would wake up the next morning and they would send an email saying, hey, this has been fixed. You're good. And it's one of these things that like, I know that's very hard to get right in big organizations. And I know startups do it, do it well and some do it badly, whatever. I think the point is speed matters and like tempo matters, right? And it and you can set a tempo as a leader. You know, it's what Elon has called in different contexts, like maniacal urgency, right? Mm -hmm. But I saw it in different people, not just him. I saw it company-wide where there was a real sense that like it actually, the pace of the, of, uh, the pace of getting things done matters a great deal to your success. And that's something that I think big company or small, it's the kind of thing that could be encouraged. Mm -hmm. Yeah, gosh, such great insights. I feel like we could keep diving in into these different areas, but so true, you know, having kind of that uh, maniacal urgency or, you know, I kind of call it radical urgency towards serving others. And then, like you said, you know, just really making sure that people know what, you, what you're about um, and have that vision, even if it's really intense, right? Even if it's really uh, kind of calling people up uh, you know, above and beyond what they even think they're capable of, um, which obviously a lot of the leaders and just really, again, the, the team was able to do. So love, love it so much, Jimmy. Um, so for folks who would love to learn more about number one, your book, um, some of your work, um, I know you speak, you know, there's lots of different opportunities to connect with you. Where are some of the best places for them to find you? Sure. So I'm on, you know, I'm on Twitter and I'm on LinkedIn on Twitter. I'm Jimmy A. Sony. And on LinkedIn, I'm just Jimmy Sony. You can find me there and connect with me. And then my website is just jimmysony.com. And I have all my contact info and whatnot there. And I love hearing from readers. I do a lot of speaking. I do a lot of different things for, for, both, for groups and companies. And so I'd be happy to do that. And then obviously just to be in touch with people who are reading the book. And again, like sharing what they learned from it. Like, you know, uh, it's, it's more interesting to me to see what readers take from it than what I took from it <laughs> in some sure. ways. And so I appreciate the chance to connect with readers. Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Jimmy. Appreciate your time and your insights. I uh, love the work that you've done. And uh, yeah, just thank you so much for joining us today. Well, Michael, thank you so much for having me. This is a great conversation. All right. That's all the time we have for today's episode. If you enjoyed it, please consider leaving a review down below. It helps us reach even more like-minded executives. You can also follow us on Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn, and Instagram. I've also got some cool free resources, including a culture quiz that helps you kind of assess exactly where your team's at totally for free at michaelwolston.com. Lead courageously.